Not only is chaturanga super hard and you don't necessarily have to be doing it, but it could actually be harmful to do it and you might want to back off. Ignite your best life. Yoga is the spark. Hello, beautiful yoga hacker friends. Thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the community. Remember, you can always join our private Facebook group. (laughs) over at yogahackscommunity.com and get deeper connected with me in my private membership, Uplifted, upliftedyoga.com. And today we are talking about a question that gets asked all the time in both those groups, in the free Facebook group and in the private Uplifted community for people looking to deepen their personal practice at home. This gets asked all the time, all the time. If I had a dollar for every time it was asked, I don't even know where I'd be. And the question is like, why is chaturanga so hard? Should I be doing it? And basically wanting to know form and alignment corrections, which I have videos on and I will link up below this podcast because I really want to empower everyone to perfect and do chaturanga safely. Now that being said, chaturanga is not for everyone. There it is. I said it. I put it out there. I personally do not think this pose benefits the vast majority of people. And in this podcast, I'm going to go over why. Why you might not want to do chaturanga. Even if you're doing vinyasa yoga, even if you enjoy vinyasa yoga, why you might want to skip or modify those chaturangas. And we're going to start with the anatomy and then get really broad and philosophical as well. It's it's going to be fun. Now, if you take yoga teacher training with me online, which is super fun if you're interested in training to teach, we go very deep into the axial and appendicular skeleton and why the lower body and the hip joint, hip socket, is really designed for stability so we can walk and ambulate and the shoulder girdle the shoulder joint glenohumeral joint has more mobility now for the purposes of this podcast the number one thing for you to understand when we're talking about chaturanga is that yoga does something very beautiful very interesting it says where you have more stability your hips and lower body, let's try to get more mobility there, right? Which is which is good for balance. Let's put our legs in like warrior two where we have one hip open and um, we're, we're, you know, twisting our legs all around like pretzels to try to give, add mobility where we have more stability in the lower body. And then yoga does something, again, beautiful, fascinating, just the reverse in the upper body. It says in the shoulder joint, where we have a lot of mobility, right? Think about if you take your arm in a huge circle right now, my guess is that you can make more range of motion with your arm in your shoulder socket than you can with your leg in your hip socket, unless maybe you're a professional ballerina or something. So so yoga says, how about we try to build up more stability in the upper body where we have more mobility, more range of motion? And this is great. It's great to bring balance into the body in this way. It's what makes the yoga practice genius. However, when we look at the upper body anatomically, your entire appendicular skeleton, which basically means your shoulder girdle, your arms, your hands, 
it's attached to your axial skeleton, the rest of your body, only via the sternoclavicular joint, which is a teeny tiny joint. If you take your hands to just below your neck right now, you probably feel these two little knobs where each of your collarbones connects in the center of your sternum. And those teeny tiny knobs are where that sternoclavicular joint is. And you can just see that that attachment is, is very small. It's, it's t tiny when we compare it to a joint like, you know, the ball and socket joint of the hip. So to think that your entire upper appendage, your arms <laughs> and shoulder girdle and everything is just attached to your body through this tiny little baby knob on your sternum is is one of the reasons that chaturanga is so hard, right? Because we can't really rely on the sternoclavicular joint to give us a lot of stability in terms of how we stabilize our upper body when lowering down into chaturanga. So chaturanga requires a lot of strength. It asks the body to be very strong in other areas like our core and the muscles in our back in order to perform chaturanga safely. Now, what is a safe chaturanga? Well, yogis love to debate this, but the, the most majority view is that in chaturanga, you want your elbows close to your body, right? So it should feel like your elbows are grazing your yoga shirt or your t-shirt or tank top, whatever you're wearing, as you lower down. And then you want your elbows at a 90 degree angle with your shoulders and wrists. So if you look at even the photo that's attached to this podcast, if you're listening to it on YouTube, you'll see in the picture as I'm lowering down into chaturanga, I'm making a nice right angle with my elbows and my elbows aren't winging out. My elbows are close to my body. And you also want to keep your scapula stabilized on your back. Now our scapula are hypermobile, right? Just Take your shoulders up right now, take your shoulders down. Take your shoulders apart from one another, like you wanna reach out and give me a big hug, and now bring your shoulder blades towards your spine, towards your midline, and take your biceps back, right? Your scapula can do so much movement. However, Chaturanga asks us that the scapula stay completely stabilized in neutral on the back and the only real muscle that can help us stabilize the scapula on the back to, to, to keep the scapula neutral as we lower down in this perfect 90 degree angle at the elbow is this muscle called the serratus anterior. Most of us have very little knowledge of this muscle because it's not a muscle that we really use that much in day-to-day -day life. And especially if you do a ton of yoga, it's not necessarily a muscle we work or awaken that much in yoga. You can think of the serratus anterior like a little, uh, it has these like finger-like projections that run underneath the scapula so underneath your shoulder blades on each side and then kind of connect down along the side body. So it's like this glue that glues the shoulder blades onto the back so they don't wing out like chicken wings. So when we lower down to Chaturanga, we need to keep the shoulders stable. 
we need to have this right angle in the elbow and then we need to lower down the whole body in one straight line if we're doing official chaturanga which means we need incredible core strength as well to keep our hips in line with our shoulders as we do this movement and again making it even crazier as if our minds weren't already exploding with how hard and challenging this is with chaturanga you only come halfway down right you don't lower all the way down to the floor lowering all the way down to the floor is a great modification we're going to talk about modifications in a second but with official chaturanga you only lower halfway stop and then press into your upward facing dog which if any of the things we've talked about your scapula aren't properly glued down on your back through a nice strong serratus anterior if your elbows are winging out or aren't at that nice 90 degree angle or your core is not strong enough to have the hips truly in line with the shoulders and the head so you're coming down and doing this movement in one straight line when you then press up into upward dog a lot of kind of scary things can happen like you can put a lot of pressure without intentionally meaning to on your wrists on your elbows you can be hurting um, your low back or even your upper body and neck to sort of like um you know those break dancers who do the caterpillar <laughs> like uh, on dance floors you can kind of be doing that movement which if you're doing it over and over and over again in a vinyasa style class your alignment isn't perfect for chaturanga and up dog you could be causing repetitive stress injuries and the shoulder and the shoulder girdle it only has these small muscles called the rotator cuff muscles really holding everything in place and again they're not very well developed for most of us so the odds that you could actually get a shoulder injury by doing chaturanga incorrectly are quite high you could also get an injury in your wrist or an injury in your elbow now a lot of people ask me oh well my wrists really hurt when i do chaturanga or plank and therefore i really need some exercises to strengthen my wrists here's the good news bad news about that you really shouldn't be putting that much pressure on your wrist which i know sounds crazy but if you're suctioning and hugging up through your core muscles your core there should be this really nice feeling almost like i want you to extend your arm in front of you as you listen and 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 imagine like pulling on white party gloves right like that that like from gone with the wind era white party gloves that come all the way down the forearm past the elbow up to midway through the bicep when you're really pressing down through the hand properly meaning that your fingers are spread wide there's equal weight in all your knuckles it should feel like you're wearing these party gloves in your plank where you're pulling up out of the wrists using your core strength and using the stability in your shoulders so that in your plank it's not like all your body weight is like on your teeny tiny wrist it's actually the opposite it's like you're you're pressing the floor away and there's this suctioning up through the arms and the hands and that suctioning up action comes from your core having a strong core 
once again, most of us, just like we're not super aware and great at activating our serratus anterior, most of us aren't really great or that aware of how to activate our core, especially our deepest core muscles, the transverse abdominis, which really need to be hugging up towards the ceiling and in great control in order for us to lower down safely. So we've covered why chaturanga is so hard. It's in part because our anatomy, we were never really built to, to put weight on our hands. If we were built and designed anatomically to put weight on our hands, we would be quadrupeds like our dog and cat friends. So again, yoga asks us to do this really beautiful thing where it says, hey, do handstand and do plank and do downward facing dog where you put weight on your hands to stabilize and strengthen the upper body. So that's that's good, but it's, it's not something we're anatomically built and designed to do, which means that in order to do all of these poses safely that I just mentioned, plank, down dog, chaturanga, anything where we're weight bearing on our hands, we need to have excellent alignment, skeletal muscular control, and we need to have super strong areas of the body, like our core and serratus anterior, that most of us just don't have. And then unfortunately, the, the rest of the yoga practice doesn't do the best job at amping up those muscles for us. So that's why chaturanga is hard. And for the question of should I do it, what I would suggest is doing a modification of chaturanga to build up the strength, to build up that serratus anterior awareness, to build up uh, awareness in your core, to build up the shoulder stability and all those rotator cuff muscles. I would suggest modifying your chaturanga because you're, if you modify correctly, you're going to be building strength instead of doing this very difficult pose completely wrong and risking repetitive stress injury in wrist, elbow, shoulders, or who knows where else. So some of the best ways you can modify chaturanga is to drop your knees to the floor and try to lower the body down in one straight line. So I'm not a big fan of, if you've heard of knees, chest, chin, where you lower the knees and then thrust your chest to the floor and then sort of slither forward. I'm not a big fan of that modification because it doesn't help us build our core strength. It overarches the low back. And it's, it's not really prepping you for the, the big time show of chaturanga. Instead, what I'd like you to do is to try to lower down, lower your knees to the floor, and then keeping your body in one straight line with the elbows super close, grazing, touching your shirt, just like if it was full on chaturanga, to lower down in one straight line. And that's going to require massive control of your abdominal muscles and serratus and all the other rotator cuff muscles as well. And I have a video in my uplifted membership, so many videos about this, but there's one that's called seven alternatives to chaturanga. So if you're an uplifted member and you haven't watched that video, the seven alternatives to chaturanga, watch that because it's just going to give you seven options of how you can modify chaturanga, all that are safe and all that are going to actually help you build strength for having a beautiful chaturanga one day. So lowering uh, knees to the floor first and then the rest of the body in one straight line is a great option. The other great option is just to lower all the way to the floor in one straight line, aka instead of stopping at the midpoint, which is what we kind of think of as 
chaturanga traditionally and going into up dog, just lower all the way down to the floor and take cobra. That's always going to be the safest bet because a lot of the repetitive stress, strain, and sort of anatomical wackiness that I see with students happens in that transition from chaturanga to upward dog. So always safer to just lower all the way down to the floor with control then and, and take cobra or then press into your upward facing dog than to try to link the two movements, which is really a super advanced ninja move. And then we have to get philosophical here before we close because you really need to figure out why do you practice yoga asana? What does it mean to you? And if you're in my yoga teacher training, we do a lot of journaling around this because it also informs your teaching style and how you want to speak about the practice. But if you're doing yoga to recover from an injury or maybe to find more balance in your life or to let go of your crazy type A personality that wants to nail chaturanga, maybe there's a message here for you in, in letting this pose go or letting it come in time and sort of humbling yourself and instead of letting your ego take over and saying, no, I have to, you know, do chaturanga up dog and look like everyone else and kind of push it, that you say, you know what, it's okay to modify and it's okay to actually skip. Another great modification for chaturanga is to just hold plank and then just pull back into down dog. And just skip cobra or skip up dog or just focus on finding core strength and stability in your plank. And then meet me back in down dog if you're doing my video or meet the teacher, whoever's class you're taking back in down dog. Just hold plank, rock forward to plank, hold, really have integrity in your alignment and then come back to downward facing dog. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, I love it and cherish when students do that because it shows me that they care more about their alignment and care more about the skeletal muscular system of their body staying safe and intact than they do about like showing off or, or, or being cool by doing, you know, the full-on chaturanga when the body's clearly not ready for it. I'd say for 98% of the population, and I'd put myself in that 98%, the body's not ready to do full-on chaturanga all the time. For myself, for example, I can do three really great chaturangas where it's safe, my alignment is correct, and I feel good and like in integrity in terms of how my muscles and skeletal system is, you know, handling the whole situation. I can do chaturanga about three times. And then after that, one of, one of the key muscles involved starts to get tired and I'm no longer doing chaturanga with integrity. So I even start modifying at that point. Or again, if you're taking a longer vinyasa class, you could start modifying chaturanga a lot at the beginning, maybe just holding plank or lowering with the knees or all the way to the ground first. Maybe try to hit one or two full chaturangas in sort of the middle of class and then sort of skip chaturanga the whole rest of class, right? That's another great approach because we're not doing yoga to get injured or to reach some goal pose destination. Like once you nail chaturanga, you're not any more enlightened. If anything, if you're the kind of person who's pushing yourself to do poses that your body's not ready to do, 
that's like your ego completely taking over. And from my perspective, that's the opposite of what the practice is really about. So don't feel bad if you can't do chaturanga correctly or if you find this pose extremely challenging. It's extremely challenging for me as a teacher and a teacher trainer who's been doing this now for, I don't even know, over 10 years. It's still a challenge for me and I still modify all the time. And vinyasa classes in America, I think, do way too many, ask ask, or ask of students to do way too many chaturangas in a class. And it's a safety issue because, again, most people aren't doing it correctly with the correct alignment, so they're risking repetitive stress injury. So protect yourself. If you're going to a class and you love that it's hot and you do a lot of fast flows, that's awesome. If that's what you're into right now, do that. But please modify chaturanga and, you know, maybe just hold some planks and take it easy because you're not doing yourself any favors by doing a class or or by doing a pose a million times in a class that, that you're not sure you're doing right or that you could be doing incorrectly. And the other big thing I want to say before I close is that the vinyasa style, Ashtanga particularly style practice was developed to be done by 11 to 13 year old boys thousands and thousands of years ago when it was developed. It wasn't designed for women. And that doesn't mean that we can't do the the chaturanga push-up movement, but just know that when the Ashtanga practice was developed, it it was developed for young men who have a lot more naturally upper body strength and core strength than many women and your average American today for sure, right? So we also have to look back at the origins of the practice. And you need to just see, is doing this pose really serving me? And can I build heat in the body, really get a good workout in other ways by holding my plank? If you hold a plank with correct alignment and integrity, aka really engaging your core and suctioning up through the hands like we talked about and keeping the hips in line with the shoulders and all those things, you are going to be getting a workout and heating up your body in a way that's so much safer than doing a lot of messy chaturanga movements. So hopefully I've made my case of why you should back off chaturanga and not feel even like a smidge guilty for not doing chaturanga, especially if you're going to these vinyasa classes where it's cued to be done all the time over and over and over again. Just modify it, just back off. And I'm going to link below this podcast, some chaturanga workshop style classes that I have on YouTube. I think there's a preview of a workshop that we have in Uplifted. If you just kind of want to get a taste of what's in that workshop where we really target the key areas to strengthen your body for chaturanga. And then of course, if you're an Uplifted member, there's tons of member-only workshops and content, including that awesome video, The Seven Alternatives to Chaturanga, as well as the extended Chaturanga uh, workshop where we work with some props and again, do very specific micro-exercises to get the muscles that are involved in this action super strong so that then you can do Chaturanga safely. Yoga Hacker, thank you so much for being part of the family, for listening all the way to the very end. I'm so honored to study and practice with you. So really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening, for watching my videos, if you do on YouTube, for being an Uplifted member, upliftedyoga.com. 
if you are or want to join. And remember, online teacher training with me if you want to really nerd out on all this stuff. Uh, brettlarkin.com forward slash train for info on that. So much love from my heart to yours. Stay safe and enjoy your yoga practice. Namaste. This episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com slash uplifted. Yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com slash train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember, now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. From my heart to yours, namaste.